Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. You can always tell who serves in B-Kids because we have the bite marks to prove it. Uh, the worship team, they got tattoos. We got bite marks, all right? Well, I want to welcome you all to our family fun weekend. Uh, I, my vote would be that we do this every single weekend. Like, we start with a game. We have all services come to want one service to rule them all. Um, we start with a game, not with the kids. We send them back to their own room. Like this half of the room, dodgeball. We're playing this half of the room. We go into a couple songs of worship. Quick, quick 15-minute message like I'm doing today, and then we eat. We go outside, hot dogs, hamburgers. This week is a practice. This week, I think we just go into hot dogs and hamburgers. Next week, pasta from Aquapazo. Week after that, uh, all you could eat ch chips and salsa from Chili's, baby back ribs. Lord, right now, we pray for aqua pot. Nah, I'm just kidding. Man, it's good to, it's good to be here. Um, I, I want to introduce myself. My name is Logan. I, I look over B-Kids, and I'm, uh, I'm going to say what B-Kids is. B-Kids is our ministry from kindergarten up to fifth graders where we just teach them about God. That's it. We need leaders. Uh, this is a shameless plug, but we need leaders. And I know what you're thinking. I don't know anything about kids. I don't even know if I like kids. Yeah, same. I have three kids of my own. I'm still trying to figure that out, but we need leaders. We're not, we're not even asking much from you. I mean, we need someone in the sound booth just to turn the volume up. That's too loud. Okay, we're going to turn it down. That's all we need. We need people to hang out at the... the uh, the craft table and the coloring, just to sit down and color with the girls that do that every single week. I've tried, and it's like being in elementary school all over again because they just make fun of me the whole time. If you're into video games, we need people that can play video games. We actually, I just need you to help me turn the PS PlayStation 15 or whatever on. on. I don't know how to do it. I try to ask the kids like every week, like, hey, but, hey, sport, can you come over here and help me turn this on? He's like, Google it, boomer. <laughs> I'm a millennial, not a boomer. Uh, these kids, they play Super Smash Brothers like every single week. They are relentless. We, if anybody in here knows how to play Super Smash Brothers, we need you. If I get beat one more time by a third grader, I'm gonna lose it. I'm going to absolutely lose it. Um, I'm excited to teach though today because this is the first time in a while where I've got to teach to adults who have an attention span for more than three minutes. First time in a while where I think I'm gonna be able to teach and no one's gonna be upside down. I'm not gonna be in the middle of a sentence and say, back row, one more time. If, if, if I see you do it, you're at, I'm gonna pray for you the rest of the service. But get your parents, we're gonna take care of it. So I'm excited to be teaching today. I wanted to take on the theme of gifts and ask the question, what's the best gift you've ever got? What's the greatest gift you've ever received? It doesn't have to be from Christmas. It could have been your birthday. It could have been an anniversary. You might celebrate Groundhog Day and someone got you a great gift. But what's the best one you've ever got? I would almost pose the answer back and say, probably the best gift you've ever got wasn't even the gift, but yet it was the emotions and it was the meaning behind it. 
If you got jewelry, the jewelry was great, but it's probably not the gold or the diamonds or the carrots that made it a great gift. It was probably the meaning behind it, the emotions that came with it. If you went on a great trip and that was the best gift you've ever got, it probably wasn't the tickets. It's not that they use great paper. Oh, this is a great cardstock they use on these tickets. No, no, no. It was the memories that you made on it. Maybe you got a KitchenAid mixer and that's like the best gift you've ever got. It's not the mixer. It's the memories you made. It's it's cooking with grandma. Maybe you're the grandparent. You taught the generations behind you the family recipes. We take over in this story of Paul, the apostle, and Paul's writing to this church in Ephesus, and, and he's saying to these people, here's a great gift we have. It's Ephesians chapter 2. It starts in verse 1, but for time's sake, I'm going to speed it up. I'm going to jump ahead. And he says, all of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, look to the person next to you and say, instead, look to the person on the other side that you clearly don't care about nearly as much as the first person and say, instead, you know it's true, man. Instead, immense in mercy and with incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and he set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Paul says to this church, he says, you want to know what your greatest, one of the greatest gifts as believers is? It's grace. What is grace? Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. A couple months ago, we were uh, on our way home and we were driving through the backwoods of Pennsylvania and the only lights around us, there's no street lights, it was just all stars. And we think that they were there, but we were encompassed by trees, so it was pretty much pitch black. The only thing we can see is our headlights right in front of us. And we're driving and, and in our house, my wife does all the driving and I'm okay to admit it because I'm not what we call a good driver, Okay. So my wife's driving, and when she drives, she drives our Honda CRV like it's a sports car. And we're whipping around corners, and we're going through trees, and we go up and over this hill, and all of a sudden, we made it. Like, we made it to town. And you start to see the golden arches of McDonald's. You start to see gas stations. You start to see all this around. And it feels like one of those cities that's a speed trap. No sooner did we think that, all of a sudden, we're seeing the red and blue lights in our taillight. We get pulled over. He walks up and he says, you know why I pulled you over? She says, yeah. He goes, all right, let me go back to my car. Goes back to his cruiser. He was like in the express lane. Like he had somewhere to go. Like he got off in five minutes and he's like, I gotta write this ticket quick. He comes back, hands us the ticket. He was right. We were wrong. We got what we deserved, right? Three days later, she's driving in her sports car, Honda CRV gets pulled over again. This time I'm not with her. Officer walks up to the window. Before he could even talk, she says, please don't give me a ticket. I just got one three days ago. If I get another one, my husband's gonna kill me and then he's gonna have to start driving and nobody wants that. He let her go. Like, that's grace. That's like the perfect depiction of grace. Paul says, hey, while we were still sinners, you got grace. 
While we are still caught in our transgressions, you got grace. He says over into the next verse, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. Paul says, you know what you can do to earn grace? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It is a free gift to you. There is nothing you can do to earn it. In fact, on the inverse, there's nothing you can do to lose it. It doesn't matter how good you are, how bad you are. The grace is freely given to you. If we can look at the word grace, I'm sorry, if we can look at the word gift and we break it down into the original text, the original Greek language, the word just means gift means free. There's two words. There's dornea and charisma. And oftentimes when you see the word gift, it's one of the two. And it just means free. In fact, a lot of times it'll mean sacrificial, but it's not sacrificial on the receiver. It's not sacrificial to me. It's sacrificial on the giver's part. It's so free that when you define the word, the word actually means it doesn't require any payback whatsoever. It's yours. I think that when we look at how good the, the gift of grace is, we get caught up and we say, oh, this is, this is just, this is it. This is, this is the gift. But even if we look back at when I asked, what's the greatest gift you've ever got before? I would venture to say, and I would be willing to put money on it, that the gift was not nearly as important as the giver. Grace is good. Jesus is way better. Why? Because it's out of the abundance of God's grace. Remember, you don't deserve any of it. But yet every single day, God pours more and more and more out on you. It's out of Jesus that we have the ability to get everything that we have in life. In fact, Paul says this in verse 13. Paul says, now, because of Christ, dying that death shedding that blood, you who were once out of it altogether are in on everything. I struggled, um, I struggled kind of putting this message together because I felt like it was very, very elementary. Like, I'm just going to get up here and I'm going to tell everybody about grace. Like, I feel like everyone's already got it. We understand grace. We're good. But I think we hesitate, we don't realize the gift that we have through grace. One more time, if I can explain some of the Greek original text, and I know what you're thinking, wow, he's smart, he knows a lot of Greek. No, I can just Google really well. If you, if you look at the original text, that word gift, it's visually represented as I had a gift, I gave it to you, it's in your hands, it's in your possession, it's yours, 100% yours. All you have to do is open it. When I was uh, growing up, we used to go to my grandma's house every single Christmas Eve. My grandma had a really small house. It was like a thousand square feet. The living room was small. And yet somehow we jam-packed all the cousins inside of it. All the aunts, all the uncles inside of one room. And we're all sitting in grandma's house. It was pandemonium. Like whenever we would get a gift, the, the, the young ones, we would just rip it open. Just devour it. Why is our lives in Christ not like that? We have the gifts. 
We have Jesus. We have grace. But are you tapping into it? Are you opening it? The gift is good, but the gift giver is even better. Grace is good. Jesus is even better. It's out of Jesus that we receive salvation. It's out of Jesus we receive the power of healing. It's out of Jesus that we receive, receive strength, wisdom, provisions, all these things. It's from Jesus, but yet it's all grace. The problem with most Christians is that we have faith just enough to be saved, but we don't have enough faith to rely on Jesus. The problem with Christians is we have just enough faith to believe in Jesus, but not to rely on Jesus. Again, I told you I struggled writing this. Why, why am I just talking about grace? It's so elementary. But the gift is that when we can rely on Jesus and rely on his grace, we, don't, we know I don't deserve none of it. I don't deserve a good job. I don't deserve a good family. I don't deserve salvation. But yet it's poured out on us because of Jesus. The gift is good, but the gift giver is even better. Today, I told you it's going to be short, but there's just this overwhelming opportunity that we can just enter into this relationship with Jesus. Romans 10, 9 says one of the most simplest verses about your relationship with Jesus. It says this, is if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The process is so simple that as soon as you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says that you will be saved. The gift is therefore just completely handed to you probably one of the easiest gifts we'll ever receive with the biggest deal. So if everyone would do me a favor, can we just close our eyes and bow our head? I just wanna pray a prayer that invites everybody into this relationship with God. Again, the process is easy. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. A lot of you have already prayed a prayer like this, and maybe you never have. And so if today's the first time that you've ever prayed a prayer where you're entering into a relationship with God, I pray that you pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Would everyone in the room, whether you prayed it before or not, would you repeat after me? Dear Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for my salvation. I thank you that you raised him from the dead. And today... I call him my savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc 
or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.